0: G'day and welcome to the Podly Pod Pod. It's your boy Darcy on this Monday night, March twenty seventh, twenty twenty three, talking all things AFL fantasy. No Holmesy tonight, but we do have three members of the Pod Squad on deck to discuss all the hottest topics from round two. First up, Louie. how was your uh, fantasy footy weekend? And let's get a bit of a score and rank update.
1: Yeah, it's been a little bit of an underwhelming start for me, mate. Uh, went in the nineteen sixty six. This week which means I still haven't been able to bring up the uh, the double century unfortunately So uh, that brings me up to a total rank of 33,516 uh, It's probably a little bit of unfamiliar Oof. territory at this point But it is a trading game so I'm pretty keen to, uh,
0: to make some nice trades And uh, bring that ranking in and uh, see if we can flip there Dossie yeah, I'm sure we'll be we'll be on and up as well, and 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 we do give a little shout out to Holmesy. Um, not not the greatest start to his year either, but apparently copying it from the kids at school as well. Uh, really getting into him with that score and rank as well. But um, we 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 shout out to our boy Holmesy, and we know he's going to bounce back big time in the coming weeks and and come up with a couple of good scores, I reckon. But uh, Harmy, how was your weekend, mate? Fantasy score and rank as well.
2: Oh, yep, no, weekend wasn't too bad, Dosby. Um, score of 2,015 points, so two more than last uh, week, which was good to see, um, heading in the right direction, and the rank 20,349, so quite a bit of work to do over the next 22 rounds.
0: Yep, have faith in you too, mate. I'm, I'm sure the whole pod squad here is going to be rising toward hat territory in no time. But one man in, in very firm contention in the early days, I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think he's already great again. Uh, we've campaigned to make Stato great again. But Stato, how was your fantasy footy weekend as well? Oh, a little
3: bit as expected, um, i unfortunately. Was very lucky that didn't have those little problems that a few other coaches had. So, I just did a rookie repair. Um, so therefore, didn't impact my squad on the field, but also means you don't hop on the people that were uh, hot or showing real potential round one. So, uh, a little bit of a fallback in rank score was twenty thirty seven uh, with a rank of fifteen hundred and twenty six. Um, If I go back a month ago and said after two rounds you'll be uh, uh, around the top 1,500, would you be happy with that? And I would have said I was elated despite uh, uh, a few little issues popping up over the weekend.
0: But your standards are rising by the week, Stato. So, you're you know setting higher bar for yourself every week. Um, We we set a pretty low bar for you, mate. So, don't worry. We think you're doing great. (laughs) Um, Me, myself, uh, my score was 1994, underwhelming this week for the Lux favourite, but um, the rank slid out to 6,331. But as I was saying to you guys pre-show, pretty happy with that result because I- Ended up holding Josh Kelly, one of my injuries for the week, and uh, to, to retain a, a, I was pretty sweaty early on about some of my premium scores, but then to bounce back and have have a pretty big Sunday with some of my unique players was was quite good. But let's talk about some of those players in our Lux or Sucks segment. Starting off with our good picks for the weeks and those high Lux winning picks in Lux. Lux is mine from the start. All right, let's go back around the circle. And, Louis, who was your Lux for the week?
1: Yeah, I think uh, it might have been Harmy mentioned him last week, but I uh, just got to pay respect to Harry Sheezel. not only scoring 135 on debut, but then backing it up again with a 127. So I uh, understand he's in pretty much everybody's teams, but uh, you have to respect that and gets us off to a great little start with our cash generation
2: in the forward line. Can you believe there's 32% of teams without him? It's remarkable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. What a player, um, early days. And Stato may be a captain option for us, um, as I think <laughs> you've, you've tweeted out on the weekend, literally at the moment looking like it, um, with a juicy matchup this week as well. Harmi, what about you? Your Lux pick for the week?
2: Uh, look, with some of my um, la- late changes to my team heading into round one, the Elliot Yeo um, out actually came to um, a bit of a perfect pick for me because I brought in Nick Dacos and he's been pretty pretty awesome the first two rounds. I can't fault what he's doing out there for me.
0: Yep. From a first-year player to a second-year player, um, we did believe that he'd, he'd still have that uptick on this show. We were, we were all quite high on that second year, despite how good his first year was to go up a level and my goodness, um, in the first couple of weeks. You'd probably expect, as some coaches have been wary of, that the tag may come and some more attention will come his way, but it seems like he's hopefully going to take that on board and still just go onwards and upwards. Stato, your Lux pick for the week.
3: Yeah, after a solid first week, uh, my Lux pick uh, took another step forward with LDU scoring 123 and some of his play was simply amazing. And I thought I'll give him a shout out this round because I reckon there might be a Finn McGuinness visit uh, next week when he plays Hawthorne. So we may not be able to give him too much praise next week, so expecting a little bit of a dropper score.
2: I saw, I think, that was it. um, Simpkin got rubbed out for a week. Did he get offered a week? So that doesn't help us with the tag there, does it?
0: Simpkin's not worth tagging at the moment anyway. I don't reckon... uh Army, but yeah, I think LDU will do fine with it. And, and Stato, I just might point out, LDU, Parish 2. <laughs> going quite well to start yeah. the season, as you might know. All right, my Lux pick for the week. Um, I'm going with Matt Rowe, and it is a loose pick. I was sweating bullets, and this is what I was alluding to, on the Sunday. Um, managed to, I, I want as I held Josh Kelly, I really wanted to – Get a midfielder to to compliment my midfield and someone that's on the rise, but I just didn't have that trust that some people have in Warple um, retaining his role in the Hawks midfield, which he actually did drop his centre-bounce usage. Also had the tough matchup against Sydney this week. I went in a different direction. Yes, I did pay up a little bit extra coin, which may hurt me in the long run. Went Matt Rao. God, his effort around the contest looking fantastic. I thought it was a quite a tough matchup with Essendon this week, given their spread type game. But he scored 95 for me, and I'm taking that as a as an awesome pick. If he can continue this and be that that guy that we we thought he might have been um, going number one pick just a few years ago. Um, any thoughts on Matt Rowe Quickly, because I've got him in another segment. But any thoughts on Matt Rowe and Do you guys believe in in the great man?
1: He's got the role, he's got the talent um, It's not something that Matt Rao hasn't been able to do previously He has strung two or three good games together It's just whether or not he can put it together for a season So I think he will eventually um, I don't mind the pick And uh, you're a brave coach for jumping on in round two, Dossie So I hope it goes well for you
0: Very brave Let's get to our socks. Louis, letter it, mate. Who sucks for you this week? Yeah, it was well, to be honest, mate, it
1: was me and my decision to uh trade on the Sunday. So I saw the differential between Sean Darcy and Tim English, and I thought to myself, that's something I might have to fix up next week. And my original trade was Sheed uh up to Setterfield, but if I had done that, I wouldn't have had enough cash left over to just simply put it on top of Sean Darcy's head this week and grab English. So, I ended up doing chess at Ouland and the reason for that was because I saw that uh, Hewitt was debuting as the sub. Um, Chester was a bit underdone last week, and it just made sense that he might be subbed off for a poor score and then uh, lost to the Waffle, which does start next week. And, uh, look, I was right on that um, to this point, but watching Setterfield go 126 in that same game while I watched Uland go 21 uh, was a bit of a hard watch. So... Uh, can't complain too much about it. Uh, it's only early and it's hard to jump on the right mid-pricer
0: sometimes, but uh, that was a bit of a rough watch. Yeah, it is rough for any non setterfield owners who I think it's pretty much everyone bar me. Didn't even manage to get my luck, so I was just keen to give it to my pod in Matty Rao, but uh, Setterfield having a hot start and we'll be talking about him soon. Harmi. Who was your sucks?
2: Well, my sucks was Jack McRae. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are owners, but watching that game, I was feeling physically ill Mm -hmm. um, with the role (laughs) that he had, moping around the forward line. He was sort of, I don't know, he was trying to get involved at different points in time, but out of the CBA rotation for Caleb Daniel, uh, question mark, what's going on with that? Uh, And I think it's definitely contributed to the way that the Western Bulldogs have started. So, I don't know what Bevo's thinking there. He got what he deserved, in my opinion. So, thanks for the 73 there, Bevo.
0: Louis, a rife smile on his face. Uh, Keen to Uh, uh, comment on this one?
2: (laughs) No, well, I
1: mean, mean, the positive is that the Dogs have dropped their first two. They haven't looked good at all. Um, And McRae's not actually been in that um, number one CBA role that we did see him actually play last year. So, um, if you want to be optimistic, I think there's a lot of upside left in McRae. Uh, clearly, the Bulldogs have to try something different. But um, yeah, it does sting seeing Caleb Daniel run around in there when uh, Jack McRae
0: stuck up forward, that's for sure. Yeah, still got Trelaw that didn't even play, who I-, I figured he'd just be straight in there again without Trelaw in the side. So yeah, really now, disappointing I think army.
1: Baz Smith had a reduction too in, in CBA. Yeah. So a bit of crazy bebo going on there.
2: Mm-hmm. Look, mm. generally, like each year, I try and stick fat with these players and, and um, like not trade them out. So, geez, it's going to test the patience there with this one, <laughs> just with people being thrown around. And anyway, he's, I haven't, haven't um, traded him out on the Sunday night at this point in time. He's still in my team.
0: Yes, uh, second year of disappointment, though, for Jack McRae owners. Um, Stato, your sucks.
3: Yes, mine is um, unlike Harmy. I didn't go to a good option when Elliot Yo dropped out. I actually had a look at the draw. I was really worried with the defensive line right through the preseason. So I went to someone that looked good in the um, preseason game, talk of uh, the new role for him that was going to be uh, really good And he didn't disappoint too much round one, but he certainly did watching uh, the game yesterday. And that's Jordan Ridley giving me a 64. And how annoying when he's dropped three sitters uh, on the trot. Three marks he should easily have taken and there's another 18 points just like that all of a sudden you've got a, a low 80 score and you're probably surviving. He's going to stick on for one week because he's got St Kilda as the matchup, up but uh, he's certainly looking where the replacement options are for the following week.
0: Correct me Same. if I'm wrong, Stato, but last time you were uh, in contention... Um, you also started off the year with an intercept marking defender and Jacob Wiedering back in the day, I, I reckon, when you, when you finished the third. So maybe this is actually a good omen for you to have an underperforming intercept defender. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, I had some cash in the bank too, and I could have had Cade uh, Simpson um, and ended up with Jacob Wiedering. <laughs> Gave me 40 points round one, and I
0: lost the compo two. What an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal scenes. All right. My uh, sucks for the week to round out our um, misery here. Justin Longbevo um, coming in with some strange coaching tactics for the first couple of weeks here. I don't know if you guys have... Been, uh, been hurt by this. I know Stato's probably happy with the Sarongs held his role nice and firm there and he's bounced back for you. But for me, I, I copped the brunt of it with two uh, point of differences. I guess Sean Darcy less so now that a lot of owners jumped on following a few injuries to Ruckman. But yeah, Sean Darcy basically not being the preferred Ruck for that first half of the game. Um, really, really hurt his stocks at I think he was negative one at quarter time, eleven at halftime, or something stupid like that. So um, yeah, not a great start for Shawnee Darcy. And then also to to throw more salt in that wound, um, my point of difference was going Will Brody up against Tom Green to start the year, opted to go Brody, thought he'd get more time on ground with um with Mundy retiring. It's been the opposite. He's had less time on ground. He's actually had less center bounces, dropped his center bounces down to like 30% this week um, as they opted to go with guys like Switkowski and others. So, Justin Longbevo mixing up the magnets. And uh, are you guys concerned, I mean, for, you know, trusting Dockers? I mean, the two sturdy ones, Brayshaw and Sarong, seem okay, but everyone else is kind of a bit of a risk at the moment.
2: I was hit hard on myself, Dosby. Yeah. Um- my tr- one of my trade ins for the week was Hayden Young. And mm. they, they, you know, he's gone from being one of the best kicks in the league to let's not kick it anywhere near him. Um, <laughs> so I was a bit gutted. But I don't think that uh, the coaching staff is really affecting their number one man, though, is it? Who popped out of 120 oh. again on the weekend. He's killing it.
0: Yes well speaking of all the hottest issues facing, facing coaches heading into round three, let's get into our hot topics for the week and these are brought to you by the Keeper League Pod as is the entire episode and just remember it's not just for your Keeper Leagues head over to KeeperLeaguePod.com.au for all your fantasy classic draft and Keeper League info Um, support them by uh, support our sponsors to support us as well and that's use the code PodPod at sign up to get 20% off you get all your rookie data heading into Um, from the draft this year. You also get State League scores, CBAs, kick-in trends, which start really kicking in, pardon the pun, um, in the next couple of weeks as we get some more data. Let's get into our hot topics, though. Okay, Max Gorn and Jack Steele owners. You don't feel as bad for the Jack Steele owners who got a nice score, but Max Gorn, that is rough for owners, Louis.
1: Oh, big time, mate. Um, I'm not sure... He's as highly owned as what he has been in the past, so um, I guess that's a positive, but to see him go down on four, um,
0: that's massive, and I think he's missing, was it six weeks has been reported, Dossie, so. Yeah, that's the rough estimate, I think, the rough timeline at the moment for his injury, so it was like an MCL sprain, so yeah. Yeah.
1: I think the interesting thing to take out of this, um, and I saw somebody tweet it, is that we're probably ruling out Gorn and Grundy's DPP status for the rest of the year now because Grundy's going to be full time ruck for the next six weeks. Um, Gorn probably won't get back in time to, uh, to snag it at round 12 and then, you know, round 18 is anybody's guess, but, um, it'd have to be pretty favorable in one way or the other. So, uh, I think that's the downside. Uh, I think a few coaches might have been hoping that we might get some DPP out of them, but um, unfortunately, he's a trade. Uh, I'm not sure what he dropped to, um, but he should have some cash on his head still to be able to pivot somewhere half decent, but it, it is unfortunate.
0: Um Stato, with that in mind, um, for Gorn owners, is it an easy swap? And, and for anyone struggling in their ruck department, uh, he's 849k, by the way. So, is it an easy swap now to go over to Grundy for that potential sugar hit, as you like to say, um, for the next, you know, however long it takes, if that's six weeks, less or more, but he's especially got the Sydney matchup this week to kick off that uh, that sugar.
3: Yeah, there could be a bit of sugar there. But the concern goes, how many trades do you want to give up in your ruck department? So you're already doing one, but you're going to someone that could only be um, the number one ruckman for the next four weeks. Um, could be longer, um, but it's it's a guessing model. Um, but what we've seen, the evidence so far, he's not the right pick in the longer term. So as soon as Gorn's back... <coughs> he's effectively sharing the load and not getting that uh, ceiling scores. Um, and although he's got a good matchup as well, he's also got a high break even. So it's not as if you also get a, a cash return as well as points return. So um, I don't think it's the best option. I think you've got plenty of uh, decent ones out there. Um, and and the first two really need to be what we thought was one and two from the start in in Marshall and English.
1: So so to not um, use more trades in the ruck Stato, is that when a Darcy Cameron who potentially could be a top, you know six to ten forward does he come into the fold now and you make a hundred k out of it?
3: Yeah, disappointed week one like week two. I haven't looked to see if that was match up dependent or role at CBA only because I'm not that interested in that pick and, and probably wasn't uh, except for about a one or two week little period in the, the preseason when the group think sort of took over a little bit. But look, I like going if, if you're going to trade out Gorn, um, I think it's only 70, 80 K max to the highest one, but you've got good options cheaper than him. Um, like uh,
0: Marshall, if you haven't got him. All right. West Coast the following week after Sydney as well. I don't, Ooh, know. I don't that know what is, Nick Nat's nice time frame is. No I don't think Kiesel. It is. Well, it is. So, yeah, you're going to get that sugar straight away. Nick
1: Nat is missing this week too. So, uh, maybe yeah. a bit of a let off for Sean Darcy owners uh, coming up against oh, yeah. Callum Jamison or something.
0: Yep. Hopefully he gets time in the ruck um, if Long Bevo doesn't let us down. All right, speaking on the Steel side of things, which does face a fair few coaches, although he's also a bit more unique than you'd expect from Jack Steele in previous years. I think his ownership was around the 10% or 11% prior to the injury. So just speaking about him, what sort of options can we look at for steel? Could you be going up here or would you be searching for value at this time of the season? And also I might get some thoughts on replacements for him because there's actually some pretty nice options within that team that we might be looking at for some value as well. But Harmi, just first of all, what should steel owners be doing in this situation?
2: Oh, well, they'll be trading. Um, so he's a broken collarbone, isn't he? He's going to go and um, get a plate. I've actually had this myself. So he he will miss four weeks. I mean, I, I can't really see him coming back any quicker than that. So it's, it's definitely a trade, but it's just a matter of um, who you're going to go to and what you can do with the money. I mean, he's still worth a fair bit, isn't he? And he still put out a really good score uh, for his yep. owners on departure. So, you know... As far as injuries go, <laughs> compare that um, to the Tom Stewart that um, we got last week where it was fourteen um, dollars and, and a price drop of $60,000. So, look, there's plenty of options. It's probably a good opportunity for you to consider the structure of your team um, because of the dollar value that he is.
0: Yep, he's yeah. $969,000 just um – for those who don't want to check their up right now.
2: Pretty Luke. tempting to go up to lead. I mean, mm. um, you are still really, if you don't want to meddle with the mid-prices too much, you're still going to take a really good keeper. But there's, there's definitely other options around that price. I mean, if um, Josh Kelly comes back this week too, you know, save a bit of money going down to him.
1: That was the one I was just about to bring up, actually, Harmy. I think Josh Kelly might be a play there, but at that 969K range, there's quite a number of blokes who are probably like for like for Jack Steele. The only other thing you'd be considering is what other spot fires you've got in your side. So if you've got a... Let's say a Dom Sheed, who I'm dealing with at the moment, and you're able to, let's say, go down to a setters, you've got suddenly got another two hundred and fifty K in your bank and you can put up put out a spot fire, um, with a Dom Sheed, a Finn Callahan, a, a Jason Horn Francis, all of a sudden you've just got a bit more coin to work with and you can trade into a more known quantity than what we did after round one where we were we were sorta of guessing.
0: Yeah, it's a few interesting options for steel owners. All right, let's move on to our next hot topic and a man who is flaming hot right now we mentioned him earlier will setterfield is this guy someone that we have to have in our teams he's gone back to back monster scores 130 this round after getting 122 in round one he has had two soft matchups it must be said hawthorn and then the suns but this guy is seeing monster center bounce usage i think he was up to about the 90 percent center bounces this round, so that is a pure inside midfielder. And this guy's still only priced at 717000 25 years old, was a fantasy stud as a junior, finally getting his opportunity. A man who was super high on him in this preseason, but didn't pick him in his side. Stato, thoughts on Will Setterfield? Oh,
3: he's killing it. And, um... It's sad to say, but I tipped this and didn't back it in. Well, I will say I backed it in every format except for AFL fantasy, the one I care most about, um, which is just ridiculous. Um, but anyway, look, he, he is playing great footy. You're right, he's got uh, uh, a couple of easy matchups, um, but how much does that impact in total score uh, is the question. I think we're going to find out with a tougher matchup uh, against St Kilda this week. Uh, although he's playing well, I don't expect him to get the tag. I think Zach Merritt is still the main man to to tag if that's the way Ross the boss goes. Um, But, yes, I think um, this is the week where I do those uh, sideways or fix-up because I fixed the rookies. Um, So Setters is uh, high in my plans.
0: (coughs) Just to to ask maybe you, Harmy, on this one, with Setterfield, I know obviously very dependent on team structure, et cetera, if you have like a, a Jack Steel as well, potentially an option there for you to go to. But is Will Setterfield the guy that you'd look to, you know, upgrade from a Dom Sheed who, whom you might consider to be a failure? And, and we'll go through some of the players that we think um, you may, may want to hold, stick fat with or, or trade a bit later. But is that the sort of trade that you'd be looking at when you're trying to consider a Will Setterfield?
2: I think it's a nice upgrade, so yes, um, I would. I mean, Cedarfield's priced at 80. Do we think he's going to go more than 80 from here on the rest of the season? And I think we'd have to say he will. So um, Dom Sheed has sort of been floating around the 70 mark, so probably not the upside that we thought um, of with him. So if you have the opportunity to jump ship, um, I think it's probably worthwhile doing it. You're going up, so that's a that's a nice opportunity there. So, but Dossie, I think you said that you brought him in um, last week. So, I guess a bit of buzz, Dossie, there um, one Mate, week ahead I of the actually, statesman.
0: <laughs> no, mate, two weeks. I actually started with him. I actually, for the reasons you said, I as a West Coast fan, I think sometimes you, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't as a, as a fan of your team. But I looked at Dom Sheed in that in that first trial. I saw him wearing the white career savers, which was a game changer for me. I was like, no, nah, mate, that's what. I, I wear the career savers and, and my career is on the downward trend since I popped them on. So, um, look, I saw that. I saw him moving pretty slow contest to contest. And I saw Will Setterfield, you know, 20K, Extra or something at the start, and I'm like, well, I think he's got a role. I just had a bit more confidence. So um backed in myself, actually, was you know, probably Buzz oh, Lightyear well, uh, head of the state there, but uh,
2: yeah, look, yeah. um I guess we might just touch on Dom Sheep, perhaps, because I'm looking at him as a person that I've started with and I'm not blown away by. Um, but he's still put up two scores above what he's priced at. So I mean he's not my if he's not my Biggest priority to trade at But if I have a luxury trade And a hundred thousand I wouldn't have any hesitation in going From um, Sheed to Setterfield I just think that West Coast um, I mean I know they've got to win but I think they're sort of going to battle a bit throughout the course of the Season and um, I don't think they're going to put up a heap Of um, ceiling scores over the Journey.
1: And it's easy to Forget the Dom Sheed which we were kind Of hoping would bounce back was was putting up those numbers four years ago in a you know a pretty competitive West Coast side, whereas um, in present day it's totally different. And you know you, I don't think you can rely on Dom She to consistently win the contested ball. Not at this stage of the season as well. And um, look, he's missed a lot of football as well. So just watching him, I can see that um, perhaps he might go the way of like a Tom Phillips, where he just kind of edges that average score, but never actually really improves on it. So I think he's one that we got to jump off
0: now from the hottest of hot to the coldest of cold a man who's ice cold if you will jason horn francis highly owned player uh, a lot of coaches traded him in last week gave away a bunch of free kicks um, i saw a few bit of footage out there of the jason horn francis of old where he just gives up on a chase mid mid chase you know just gives up on the tackle uh, he scored a 42 from 80% time on ground six frees against uh, Look, Stato, for coaches that jumped on. Look, I've got to eat that eat that pie. I think that yeah, the humble pie that you served me up last week, saying he's an impact player, um, won't won't be a fantasy scorer, um, necessarily week to week. He's gone ninety week one, forty two week two, and to coaches, well, I mean, stick fat. We haven't got to our stick fat segment, segment, but what are the what do coaches do with Horn Francis here?
3: Look, I think the key here, and Selby talks about it quite regularly, is you step up. Uh, you stuff up a mid price You get off as soon as Possible so I had one uh, Going into to Round one being Tommy Powell uh, I was debating I was really worried about the Ford line And was uh, incorrect with that um, So as soon as I saw that his scoring power Is not going to be mo- above Or too much above a rookie Then it was quite simple You go down to a rookie and upgrade somewhere Else so Putting that into perspective, um, uh, Jason Horn, Francis, uh, I think he's just above 500k, correct me if I'm wrong. But down to a rookie, you're making close to to 300k and 300k add on to Dom Sheed, what does that give you? Gives you a superstar.
1: You're looking at 900k plus there. So, you know, you're Josh Kellys of the world, Christian Petrarca's.
3: Yeah, and so I'd rather it's have tough a rookie with the Adelaide make, match up though. I'd rather have a rookie uh, making cash, um, and a premium giving you pretty solid scores and up and down like a yo-yo. And we talked about it last week. Um, we think he's a pretty good Super Coach player, but I don't think he's AFL fantasy yet. Not saying he won't get there because he'll get the balance right at some stage. If we remember. Patrick Dangerfield. I'm not saying he's equal to or better, um, but he was a classic example where it took to his fifth or sixth season for him to actually be a genuine AFL fantasy star. It's I, easy to forget this kid's
1: in
0: his second season, isn't yeah, it, Stato? Absolutely. So the scores are always going to be up and down. All right, and to finish off our last hot topic for the week – the Laird bounced back, um, rewarding coaches Ooh. who held, but I just want to also sort of flag, you know, is this the, is this similar reward that we'll be seeing from Josh Dunkley or is there any concerns here? So, obviously, the Laird owners that traded would be probably filthy of themselves, although they might have done some great stuff with that coin that he had. Um, you can't sort of dispar- disparage that trade without knowing what was on the other end. But with Josh Dunkley, we're just saying not those ceiling scores
2: couple of hard games, though. I mean, give the guy a break. He played Port Adelaide and Melbourne. uh, So, I don't know. I wouldn't be trading this this round if um, you're really thinking about that.
0: No, I'm just saying, are we going to get those ceiling scores, though?
2: We we will, mate. Uh, If
1: you watch the game on Friday night, he was playing full defensive mid, and he actually played a fantastic game for the Brisbane Lions. So... Uh, It's not a form thing. He's in the CBA mix. He led the CBAs, as I said, and uh, just wait for Josh Junkley to come good. He hasn't been disappointing yet, in my opinion. I think this is just a bloke trying to gel with his new team, and um, I'm foreseeing a 105, 110-plus Josh Junkley to to finish the season. Uh, Obviously, we've got 22 rounds to do that, so...
2: And he played that defensive mid at the Bulldogs too. So, I mean, it's not as if this is an unusual role for him. He can still score doing it. So I wouldn't be sort of put off by that.
0: Beautiful. Stato, what's wrong, mate? What's happened?
3: Why? Why do I look like I'm sad?
0: You put your hands up before. I thought this was non-podcast related. No, not at all. I oh, sorry, was I look sad and again. won't
3: put my hands up again, ever. <laughs>
0: good. I thought we'd lost the audio for the 50th time in this podcast. All right then, Stodo, that's good. We'll leave it rolling and get into a new segment, Do You Believe In? We believe in time everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. I can feel something inside the sand. Think I gotta trade
2: him to William
0: Day. Do you believe in these players? I'm going to throw it around the room here and go with some players that have caught our eye and might be those bargain price players that we're looking to bring into our side. Louis, do you believe in Will Day?
1: Firstly, mate, I think this um, segment name needs some workshopping, but uh, like let's no, go wait till on you with- hear, uh,
0: Wait till you hear the segment, uh, the intro there. I reckon a bit of sure is going to be um, going in there, so- Okay, all right, I'll Very trust nice. you, mate.
1: Will Day, um, look, I'm becoming a believer. I've been pretty much on the opposite side of the fence. The CBAs were up this week. Uh, he looks pretty good in there. Uh, I'm beginning to believe in him. Uh, This is probably one of the last weeks you can jump on him. Stato?
3: Yeah, yeah, I believe in him. Um, And that's through watching the whole game against a tough matchup being Sydney Swans. He looked fantastic.
0: Yep, speaking about Warpool's decrease in centre-bounce usage as well, Will Day increased his. And uh, although we do expect... A quite a bit of movement on Sam Mitchell's magnets this year. Yeah. That was a positive sign to see that. And I think to your point, though, Stato, he's clean inside and out. So even if he does move to a half-back line, which is probably his other position, he's still going to be able to get those marks and easy kicks back there as well. It's
3: the perfect game we always talk about. If you can win the ball inside and actually spread to get the ball outside, that's the perfect fantasy player.
0: Yeah, he's definitely high on our target list this week. I think, by the sounds of things, Harmy, do you believe in the Saints? So I've got a few names here. Uh, there's one probably in particular that rises above the rest. So thanks to the listeners, um, we tweeted out some some a, a request for some names, and a lot of these are stemming from that as well. All the all the names coming from our segments are coming from those. So you can follow us at PodPod Pod AFL and get your suggestions in. Um, at the start of the week, we usually put that tweet out on a Monday. For the Saints, though, Harmy, let's talk about him individually. I might throw around the room for the others. But Liam Stocker, first of all, a couple of very nice scores to start the season with an 80 and then a 98 to back it up.
2: Well, yes, I think I do. Um, and apologies for the uh, listener who threw a question in last week. And I sort of gave it a bit of a knock because... The way he um, put up the score on the weekend is pretty impressive um, and to the point where I'm looking at his price thinking he's a trade-in target and he's, oh, he's just over 510000 from memory. Um, and, yeah, maybe an option for us.
0: Yeah. Uh, another saying, I just wanted to throw a couple because there's just a lot of, I guess, potentially overperforming Saints under in the new Ross Lions system. And obviously, we do have Jack Steele missing from this side for a number of weeks now. But could Hunter Clark, who who saw a little bit of a bump in his centre-bounce usage, be an option for us, Louis, as well as a, as a defensive option? Or, or with that, would you prefer a stocker?
1: Well, I'd prefer a stocker at the uh, price range, but I think Hunter Clark is going to be one to watch because obviously Jack Steele has that line share of the CBAs at the Saints and... Uh, it's not a lot of depth there at the Saints at the moment. They're all injured. So I'd be keeping a close eye on Hunter Clark to, to get a bit more opportunity in there, as well as some of the other sort of fringe CBA Saints. Like you might see a Bytel, uh, a Seb Ross, a Windy, uh, Marcus Windhager in there as well. So uh, Saints will be an interesting uh, team this year for us, I think. And, and by the way, they are smashing the fantasy points with 1,800 plus in both of their
0: games. Yeah, and, and from um, a man that used to coach Nick Rewalt, that now is coaching Nick Rewalt 2.0, Ross Lyon, Mason Wood. Uh, is he an option for us Stato for a man that seems seemingly just pumps out tonne after tonne, week after week? Could he be beyond a draft player averaging 92 in his last five last year and looks to have taken a step up again? Yeah, just... Do I, you believe in Mason Wood? No,
3: no, I don't. Um, <laughs> I, I just wouldn't go there. It's just simple as that. Yeah. And, look, you, you can have these stands
0: be proven wrong and I'll be happy to accept if I'm wrong. All right, let's go through a bit quicker in these ones. Harmi, do you believe in Matt Rao?
3: No. No. Only dickheads would uh, bring in Matt
0: out. <laughs> well, right. Let's talk about this seriously, though. I looked at the data from the last like five, six, ten years. I think it was. We're fishing, And us. There was only one player. The bait. There was only one player that averaged under. Let's go quick, Let's 90, go quick guys. Hooked on, Doss, I believe in Brilliant. the ninety-five, mate. Yeah, I, so do I you'll get what you got served up last week. Yeah, well done. Week. Mate. Good Can pick. I just mate. finish that start? It was a good one. 90-plus from every player that um, averaged over in the top 10 for contested possessions in the last, like, 10 years. Yeah, it's a big um, one, ladies and, and 75 gents. was around last year. All right, they got me on the hook. Next player, do you believe in Luke <laughs> Ryan, uh, Louis, with his monstrous start to the season?
1: No, I don't. Luke Ryan's someone that we've seen monstrous ceiling from uh, in the past. When it's his game, it's his game, and he can easily go 130-plus. I'm not buying it. Um, he'll come back to Earth soon.
3: Wouldn't it Stato, be nice? To, wouldn't K? it be nice just to have those two scores and then sell him out for someone else? But yeah, you just wouldn't. He didn't even play a practice game.
0: Mm. Stato, do you believe. In Jack Bowes, 77 points, but he is a bit cheaper, 611K. And now let me read out the matchups before you decide. In his next three, he's got Gold Coast, Hawthorne, the Eagles, followed by a tough one in Sydney, then Essendon and Adelaide in his next five. Do you believe in Jack Bowes? No. Okay. Simple answer from the great man, and uh, maybe the segment does need some work. Matt uh, <laughs> Flynn, do you believe in him, army?
2: Couldn't have got any easier for Flynnie. Yeah. could it? Um, on the weekends, but no, I, I really don't. And Bruce is a couple of weeks away, isn't he? I don't know. It's just, just GWS too. I don't know where to, what to say about them.
0: Do you believe in Jack Zabel, Louis? He's a he's a name that has come across many coaches' trade plans given his just incredible role in halfback. We've seen Sheasel, a rookie, average 120. Obviously, a fair bit more skill on that player there. But even Aiden Core managed to ton up in this new sharing system in the back line that Clarko's deploying. And we've seen him do it before as well.
1: I believe in it, mate. Uh, He's a mature, experienced player who uh, I think I went over some of his scores last week and um, he's put up a lot of 90 averages in the past in a whole lot poorer roles. So um, I think this can continue. uh, But as I also said last week, just got to flag some of the returns, I think. Uh, Aaron Hall went absolutely nuts in the VFL. Did, so yeah. he might be one to um, to flag up there. But I, I do think that he's going to put up a decent enough average that at his price right now is someone that you can ride up until the buyers. And Dave uh, Captain can Jesus. S- yep. yeah. Can we just pause there
2: for a second? So like after each round, I've kind of been writing a few names down to people I'm keen on. Zebul, well, Will Day was one. Zebul's another. He, does anybody own him? No, you guys oh, are only? Curr- currently, None I am doing my
0: draft plan. Not in classic. Yeah.
2: Tra- yeah, and this is the thing. Like, I was kind of keen on him last week, couldn't get him in. I'm keen on him again this week and I still don't know whether I'll get him in. But, jeez, he's not really doing anything wrong for us, is he? No, he's radar. not.
3: So, I, I'm currently going McRae and Callahan to Setterfield and Zebel.
1: Yeah. yeah, I like it. Just part of me thinks, you know, what happens when the Roos are down. I uh, don't think anybody thought that they'd go 2-0 and to start the season. Yeah, I just,
2: agree.
1: I'm not quite sold on them yet. Uh, they've done a fantastic job to start the year, but I just wonder what happens when... Um, the roos go down by a few goals. Whether that maybe increases
0: his score yeah, or um, goes saying. the probably other helps, way, probably yeah. helps him out. Just take yeah, that's, it, that's the, the, it. and that's the thing with Shizu as well. Like I, I didn't actually see the numbers on the weekend, so I don't know if this was the same. But Zebel was the main kick-in guy still, so he's still getting he's getting the chip mark that they are all getting back there. But he's automatically getting you know five plus kicks just from kick ins. I'll, I'll double check that he was the main man again this week for the kick ins. I oh, have a look, but um, yeah, and, no, so yeah, seven. Seven for him and only two for McDonald, Sheasel and Bergman with one. So, seven kick-ins and plus he's getting involved in all that stuff. So, if they go down by more, probably good things for evil.
1: But, but I'll just ask Stato this one since he's in his trade plans. Um, if Aaron Hall's named this week, does that change?
3: Yeah, Will Day's in instead. Rookie to Will Day. No, I still have to go Callahan. I, I need to avoid that shoulder.
1: Because he's got to be a legitimate concern. Obviously, Takes Kick-Ins um, is one of their main distributors yep. in the past. I'm not sure what Alistair Clarkson's got planned for him. But, oh, uh, if he's named, uh,
3: Zeebel's not coming in.
1: No, no. In fact, you might even go the other way with a hole
0: after seeing a week. Uh, uh, right. no, just this final <laughs> player. So- sorry, go ahead. I said No. <laughs> I don't want to go Hall again. Mark. Please <laughs> no, don't. It's a nervous don't, side. Don't it, make me do it. It's, it's,
1: it's great when he's scoring, not so much, <laughs> yeah. but he,
0: Monday to Friday. <laughs> yeah. uh, one last request, listener request, was Lockie Weller um, on his return game, 88, um, 77% time on ground. Looked really good, good on him for coming back, but I can answer that one and I know what the guys will say. He's not a classic option. He, he's too up and down um, to be an option from me. Are you guys nodding in agreement for that one? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's get on to our next segment and we'll we'll go pretty quickly through this one. We've alluded to it a few times. It is sticking fat. Sticking fat, guys. We've talked about it. This is the time of the season where we look to either stick with our underperforming premiums or mid prices or whatever, or we dump them and shred that fat. Let's go through a few names. A guy we've already mentioned here this, this is a tough one Jack McRae do we stick fat who do I go to for this one Louis you're a non-owner here stick fat with Jack McRae yeah I think you do But
1: just because we, we see Uber premiums and premiums always put up poor score at some point during the year and if 73 can be the floor that Jack McRae has then it's happy days. We know that there's a lot of evidence to suggest that he can go 105 plus and I think like I said at the top of the show the dogs are going to have to try something different and clearly didn't work that forward roll last week so I'd be sticking fat with a Jack McRae and worst case scenario he averages what 100 and you take him up to the buys. Uh, It's not a massive loss when you're paying 104. I think it's just not the pick that you
0: wanted, but um, you got to stick fat with Jack McRae. Andy McGrath, mm-hmm. Stato, the owner's stick fat. He's actually got incredibly high ownership. I think it was because of that late Elliot Yo. Um, injury, 22% owned wow. for Andy McGrath, given his uh, pre-season performance. So, 721K. What I will preface this by saying, Stato, he's averaging 88, which isn't terrible at the moment, but he's got the Saints this week. So, do we stick fat for at least a week on owners
3: there? 100%. Now, I will say, I, I understand well a little bit disgruntled because his score at halftime was just sensational when he really slowed down the second half. On the weekend, but look he's playing well. He's got the role. He's not costing you money I I think that's the the clear thing and he's putting decent points on the board and he's got a great matchup coming up And I'll actually have a look at his following one Uh, Then he's got Gold Coast, which is a good matchup Um, Then he's got Collingwood, which isn't too bad for defenders Uh, obviously the Anzac Day clash Um, So I'll be holding him to at least round five at this stage unless it goes pear-shaped.
0: Yeah, unbelievable ownership numbers though. Uh, Harmi sticking fat with Tanner Bruin, 43 points last round, 54 average, but also has that same juicy schedule that I mentioned with Jack Bowes with the Suns, Hawks and Eagles in his next three.
2: Dump him. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Chandler Chandler's, Chandler's going to outscore him. Then there's no point in having him in your side. Get rid of him and use that money elsewhere.
3: So he's averaging in the
0: fifties. Chandler's averaging in the eighties, and Chandler's cheaper. But for owners that have presumably already have Chandler by this stage, I mean, is a you know what do you do there?
2: Well, she, well she's all Chandler on field. I mean, how many rookies you got on field in your forward line? Wouldn't be more yeah, than two. Good. So if you've
0: got Tanner Bruin
3: in your team, you got space for the other rookies. There's a heap of them in the forward line.
0: Not too much to go up towards Zeebel or something as well, if you do have that space. Okay, the next player. Oh, geez, this has been a rough start, and a guy that I, I mean I would have probably picked to to take a big step up this year, but the new system at the Giants perhaps not suiting him as well. Isaac coming. average from his two games in pretty easy matchups to start with Adelaide and West Coast as well. Louis, sticking fat with Isaac Cumming.
1: Oh, this this is a really hard one to get a read on, Dossie. Um, I sort of lean towards sticking fat with him just because he's put up a good sort of 18 months, 24 months of football. Um, He's getting used to a new system. And uh, at his price point now, 749k, um, unless you've got a bit of money in the bank, uh, it's, it's a bit of an awkward price range where there might actually be more upside and just holding him and hoping he goes back up um, rather than offloading him. But if you had no other issues in your team, then he might be one to look to move on. All right, a couple is this, of more is guys. As a sort of
2: player, like Jack McRae and Isaac um, Cumming, There's are guys that you picked as keepers. So, I mean, I think you've got to stick with them a bit longer than two weeks. Um, you've really got to give them a look. I mean, there's got to be high priorities in your rookie swaps and your mid-prices, which you'd be looking to trade out before you touched your premiums. And this is probably why I'm looking at keeping um, Jack McRae.
3: See, I, I'm working the other way. I don't um, – other than Callahan's shoulder, I don't have any problems – Um, And the reason why I would suggest you uh, offset someone like that is if the role has changed. Now, the good thing is that he played so much forward time and the team didn't have success. So maybe there's the potential that he goes back. But what he was talking about after that loss is we have to change things up. We have to be inventive. So, in other words... Caleb Daniels probably in the ruck. Ed Richards is probably an inside (laughs) mid. That's being inventive. So that worries me. stops down. Yeah. (laughs) That worries me is where's that heading? Because uh, McRae started the game in the midfield. Uh, It wasn't working out. They shifted him out. Um, That's a worry to me. Role change, and we, we know what the wing was like last year. Half forward's even worse for him.
0: Okay, I'm going to go through just some higher-owned players now, and then we'll just whiz through some some point of difference options that listeners have requested in this sticking fat. But, um, look, Sean Darcy, I think with the West Coast matchup, I'll just say now you've got to stick fat for at least another week um, yeah. if he does get that, you know. Prime ruck slot against the West Coast, then he could go massive. But um, definitely a concern given what happened with Luke Jackson. Hopefully, they um, Long Bevo learns from his mistakes and starts <laughs> playing Darcy as that pure ruck. Um, Finn Callahan, you've just mentioned Stato not not keen on giving him another week given that shoulder concern. So no, heading, he's,
3: he's look, sort of in your track he's planes. outside, but when when you're pulling out of tackles and you're sort of avoiding contact, that's not a good sign. Uh, understand, I, I reckon he would have been subbed out early in the third if they hadn't had the other incident. So it was about, yeah, let's keep in this game, let's keep trying to win it. Um, at, at the end of the day, I know what these shoulders are like. They're bloody shocking, they're irritating and they need a long-term resolve. If you ever have one, Army.
2: What have he's named on field for you? Like, you know, coming into the team selection, he's named on field. They said, yep, he's good to go. You're still looking at trading him. I mean, he's still making money for us. He's still got a lot of upside.
3: Yeah, I can... And I, he, in my situation... I'm sorry,
2: half,
1: half of his score, Stato, was in that last quarter when he was buggered too. He, he's, done past, yeah. he's done that three times now.
3: He's done that three times. So... Um, so
1: what if he puts it together?
3: Yeah, I, I'm not interested to take the risk. So one one wrong hit, one incorrect, one poor landing, and all of a sudden he's done. So my current situation, yeah. because of the pow down to Callahan, I just held a trade all weekend just to see um, whether the Golden rumours was true. <laughs> so if he ended up being out, I was ready to jump on Cogs. You know that protection. I'm in a really good spot. So I got three hundred k sitting in the bank. So I can just go purely and simply <laughs> the one trade.
0: Bloody state on oh, savings.
3: I can go the one trade and go Callahan straight to setterfield, Keep McRae sitting there. I've got a stronger midfield.
0: You know you don't get interest on that, mate.
3: Uh, I've asked Warnie. Y- you are correct.
1: Bloody
0: boomers and their negative gearing. I hey, tell you what. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Dom Sheed, I think we answered this earlier. These guys not sticking fat, Harmi, is that correct?
2: Yeah, I'm Dumped. probably looking to, to trade if I can. He's a if failed mid-price right, that were- needs
0: to go. It, it, that's the golden rule. Uh, stick fat or shred thin on these guys, just three pods here. Sam Berry, Louis? Nah, off him. Go. Noah Anderson, Stato. What's happened? It's a tough is one. It, is it the change of he- the
3: game plan so he's not that- getting the spread as much?
0: Well, I think they've just nominated. I feel like now, yeah, with this new game plan, these guys are like spreading harder from the contest, and you're and you're nominating a guy like Matt Row to be that pure contested and trying to get more spread. I don't know, but they said he's also dropped seven kegs from his frame in the off season on the broadcast. He I wasn't was, a I was big shocked boy. I didn't think he. No, that's what that's what I thought. That's what they said, unless they they got it wrong. But I was like, wow, that's a lot of kegs to shed for. A, so perhaps it is to try and get him more on that outside. I he looked know, all right though. Uh, I, I mm. don't know
1: if it's just a young yeah. player who's just had a poor start to the season. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I got, tend to yeah, lean yeah,
0: that so way.
3: What the average? Ninety-five last year. Yeah,
0: like mate. What? Look, it's it's one was wasn't it? Might just be tougher in a season, in a year when Matty Rowe's taking that, uh, hey, that step up, yeah. boys.
3: There you go,
0: Dospy. That's right. So what are we saying? Stick fat? No, nah, I'm off. It's tough, tough stuff. What, what's it? What's he priced at? I'll have to get it up. Hang on. He'd be owned by Buggerall, but we're just doing put, it. Put for it the this way, does you? he?
2: He is not doing what you wanted to when yeah. you started with him. He no, has not yeah, come that, out hitting it. one-teens, so he is not the pick that you thought he was. You should probably be looking to get off. Okay. And go to they Constable.
3: Um, I was wrong, Dots. It was a very good game.
0: Thank you. I thought he was out-round, um, <laughs> I told you, if mate.
1: Like, yeah, no, don't worry about his job security. That's yeah, They're, they're not going
0: to – that's what I'm like. They're not going to train up a bloke as a oh. pure half-back to then – you know, to have these guys come back and, and him to just sit out. Like, why would you bother training up a bloke for two weeks of footy? Um, all right. Last one Tommy Cole, guys, sticking fat. Oh, wow. Aye? The
3: cursing. The cursing. <laughs> um, uh, just, just for the listeners, uh, I'll tell a little story. So, Dossie and I were against each other in the uh, Fantasy Content Cup. And, um, like, I was smashing him. Uh, go to bed Saturday night, you know, just dreaming of, Wonderful things because, you know, Stato's going to flog Dossie by uh, 250 points was uh, the potential margin <laughs> there. Um, and and yeah. it obviously was in favour because he was keeping Josh Kelly. So you're keeping one of your premiums out of the play, taking a rookie score, all that type of stuff. So all things yeah. going well. Um, you know, my ranking's just shooting up, looking brilliant. And uh, then Sunday come along and... It just got worse for Stato. It was like he was an old man. Um, I'm not suggesting that I am, but it looked <laughs> like Stato was an old man. Um, it was depressing. Uh, it went downhill really quick. And then we finally get to the start of the last game, and it was effectively uh, Callahan v. Cole. Now, Callahan takes a whack <laughs> Uh, in the, the shoulder, and we're halfway through the the second quarter, and he hasn't added on a score since he got whacked, even though he did go back out in the ground for a little period. Um, and Tommy Cole, he just couldn't stop touching the footy dossier. Early second quarter, he gets up with 29 points. Looks like he's in line for another 70. And then all of a sudden, mate, what happened? He added another... Uh, Three, six points for the game, yeah. that was it. Just stopped on 32 for probably 45 minutes
0: as Callahan just went on fire. So let me get this right. I can't say one stat about Matt Rau for 10 seconds, but you're allowed 10 minutes to tell your bloody story of victory. Over Dosbo. It Uh, was Dumbo Dosbo. It was a struggle. I I was actually, I've never said so many swear words in front of my poor mum uh, (laughs) watching the game alongside her for for a change. Uh, Yeah, sorry, mum, about that one. A few few C-bombs, Tommy C-bombs dropped, if you will.
3: I will will say you went for an
0: hour-long you went for an hour-long victory lap on rail. Yeah, and I'll continue to do that in the future weeks. Let's finish off the show with the Fossils 5.
3: Yeah, well, I'm going to go through really quick because yep. we've gone we've gone um, well over time here. So Fossils 5, number one is Will Setterfield, 126 average. Yes, he's starting to get a little bit pricey, but um, well, well uh, below his price stat. At the the end of the day, I think he'll average the 95 to 100, and I think he's priced at, uh, I think it's the 70, sorry, it is the 85 mark, so 717. Will Day is second for me to bolster your defence. We don't like the rookies on field except for Jinby. Uh, so 603K, he looks real, uh, two weeks of data now. Jack Siebel has the role and uh, uh, we like his scoring as it was in 2021. So Will, Day and Jack Siebel have uh, been on the list for two weeks on the trot. Rory Laird, $1 million. So if you got Jack Steele? Um, there's a reason why you had a, um, a, a captain anchor in your team. So you got one there 68K cheaper than what he started. So you'd be able to pick up Rory Laird for the flat million dollars. I think it's only cost him 30K to do dossier around that mark. And then Liam Stocker, really impressed with his two games, 512
0: there is the Fossils 5 for the week to round out the podcast. Another awesome episode, guys. Thanks to the pod squad, Harmy, Louie, and Stato for joining your boy Dossie here. All the best to Holmesy on his rise back to the top, wishing him well. And, uh, yeah, shout out to our boy Holmesy. Give him give him some love on the Twitters. I um, think he needs it at the moment, but uh, he'll be back up hat chasing in no time. We shall see you next week.